0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted to continue to find ways to give back to individuals that want to get into this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'll have the privilege to sit down with top-ranking professionals in our industry. You'll hear their career path, what they look for in successful people, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your every day. Time certainly flies. It's crazy to think it's season four of 52 Weeks of Hustle already. With season four, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are current in the industry and three hustle hot seat questions and three pieces of advice all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Many people dream of being an entrepreneur at some point in time in their life. There are very few that can not only become one, but also excel in the sports space as an entrepreneur. I'm excited to have our next guest, Jesse Lawrence, CEO and co-founder of Fan IQ. Jesse, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Great to be here. Jesse, very excited to talk about your career path, certainly as being an entrepreneur as well. And as I kicked it off, you've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. And we, we will talk through some of those ventures you've been through. What drives you to be a thought leader each and every day?
1: Good question. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the thing I'm actually most focused on these days is is being a good leader as opposed to a thought leader. I mean, thought leadership is super important, but um, without a team that's sort of supporting the, the thoughts and the vision, um, it's really hard to accomplish a lot. I mean, you know, you've been a part of a lot of organizations. So the the, the thing that I'm really trying to focus on, I think early in my career, I probably spend more time focused on the result and the outcome than I did on cultivating well-being of myself and my employees. And so I've really tried to focus on you know, that as the first piece of the equation. So making sure that everyone's collaborating, everyone's on the same page, everyone's excited about the shared vision and everyone buys into it. right? And um, and, and you know, really focusing on people and, and what's going on in their lives day to day. Yes, we're all here building a business and trying to do this, but it, there's there's a whole other backstory that, that's going on with people day to day, and I think it's really important to know that. So, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, there's a great book called, by Bill Walsh, the old 49ers coach, called The Score Takes Care of Itself, and the idea is if I recommend, have you ever read it? Are you familiar with I have, it? yep, yep. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you know, you're, you write books, so you've read <laughs>
0: You, I you, was, that's what I was hoping you were going to say a great book. "Hustle your way to success in sports sales. There but you I go. guess yes. it's number yeah.
1: two, right? That's right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the, that's the, this is the second best book. About how to, how to be a, a leader. Um, But yeah, you know, the idea with this, the score takes care of itself is you, you set up the structure, you provide consistent solid leadership and the outcomes follow. Right. And, yep. and that to me has been a big part of the equation. I think the other interesting Thing I'm really it, you know, focused on in a book that I I've I've been going back to lately. It's called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. It's a great book. Uh, highly recommend it. If anyone is is looking, you know, even if you're not in a leadership role, it's just a way to sort of think about the world. It's this sort of division between a to me mindset and a by me mindset. So a to me mindset is. Things happen to me, right? And and my happiness and my well-being is sort of a function of all these things that are going on versus a buy-me mindset, which is I can actually create things in the world and and, and things that happen are a result of of what I do. So I try to, you know, instill that in the team because it's a really empowering idea that things are always going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. I mean, you know, we're all building businesses. Things don't always go the way you want them to. But if you can sort of Accept those 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 roadblocks and and figure out ways to solve those problems in a way that's creative and empowered. That's 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 the way to be successful at anything. Whether you're running a business or you know in a relationship, it's 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 a really strong concept. And then one of the things from conscious leadership is this idea of the opposite of what I believe may also be true. I love that idea. So the idea that like you think this is how something's going, it's a deal, it's a big picture, you know, strategic vision, take a 180 and look at it from the exact other side, have a conversation with your team about what that other perspective might look like. And then as a group, make a decision that, you know, that that, that is fully informed. Because I think that, you know, listen, we live in a world where we're all sort of on, not not all, but a lot of people are on one side or another. And I think it's really important to be able to think about what what the opposite of your thoughts and beliefs might be and then, and then act accordingly no
0: i love it and one of the, the things you mentioned a couple of times was people and for those you know consistent listeners of 52 weeks of hustle that's been a constant theme is it's the value of people and you want to surround yourself with the right people both working for with and and alongside and you know now jesse you're you're now with fan iq which is direct to consumer ticketing platform for the live event industry that works with over 100 teams venues and festivals to really help them find new fans and engage existing fans using 10 plus paid digital platforms yep. okay you on a,
1: on a sales pitch. What's your elevator pitch for Fan IQ? Thank you. Yeah, well, you've, you've heard it before, but um, we help teams, venues and festivals find new fans using uh, mostly paid social. So anything vertical video is really where we're trying to focus our efforts. So that's Snapchat, that's TikTok, that's Meta, Instagram. Um, you know, our, our belief is that uh, from a return on ad spend ad spend perspective, it's not our belief, the numbers bear it out. There's no platforms that engage in the same way that these platforms that are on your phone do, right? It's the best way to find new fans. It's the best way to get people engaged at the top of the funnel. Um, And so we're really focused on helping teams understand those platforms, but then also build out content that really speaks to specific audiences on those platforms. So if you wanna go after new moms or new families, You've got to build content that actually speaks to those individuals. If you want to go after students, you've got to build content that speaks to those individuals. Just because it's, I mean, you know, we're all on our phone way too much, and the amount of stuff that's just flooding your in, your not your inbox, but your 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 homepage screen on your on your apps. If it's not compelling out of the gate and and you don't connect with the person, you're going to lose them, and you're going to end up spending. Dollars on on you know marketing that just doesn't doesn't engage and ultimately pull people down the funnel. I mean, our our ads, just an example, like we actually don't in our first ad we don't have anything about t- buying tickets. We don't you know it's a big I think it's a, it's a it's a big opportunity for teams is stop selling and focus more on engaging fans with content that's interesting because if they're engaged they're going to pull down the funnel on their own and you got to you to do some calls to action and get them to buy but. First step is just get them get them interested in the brand get them leaning in get them watching a video for 25 seconds so we're, we're big it. on that. We, we create original content we go shoot content we aggregate you know existing social media uh we we roll out we just rolled out a subscription product where teams can basically uh it's like you know vertical content in a box so we create uh content for teams you know we work with about 40 teams venues and festivals um doing this it's been great it's been a really nice. great addition to the portfolio
0: no, that's awesome. And, and certainly always excited to see, you know, kind of the evolution of a fan IQ as well. And, you know, just over 13 years ago, the company launched, walk the listeners, you know, Jesse through the process of launching a company. Wow. How long do we have? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, let's, yeah. let's call it, Hey, in, in two minutes, what, what would you yeah. say
1: is the, the launch of a company? Flexibility. I mean, so I think flexibility and a strong core vision is is critical. So, I started the business, uh, I was at a company called MediaMath, which was a, a demand side platform for programmatic media buying 15 years ago. We worked with big brands. The idea was, you know, this, this, this programmatic media world, teams should be doing this, right? Teams should be using the secondary market less, going direct to consumer. Um, the idea and how we got there was we wanted to be a white label publisher for, uh, a white label platform for big publishers like the Boston Globe, the Washington Post, and get all their data, right? So we're going to give them a ticket widget to go sell, sold out, you know, not Taylor Swift. She wasn't as big back then, but whatever was sold out and then aggregate all the data of people that are engaged in content on those sites. Now, that's use that data then to go sell tickets direct to consumer. Same idea, we've completely reinvented how we're aggregating that data and where we're serving those ads. So I think the flexibility to adapt to, to changing environments, but also a core vision that's really anchored in what you think the need is in the market is critical. And I think both of those are, are required to start any kind of company and, you know, get other people to, to to you know, buy into that vision.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Jesse, you know, back to the beginning for you and your career and kind of embarking on that journey, you received a degree in international studies from Emory University, and later received an MBA in finance from Columbia Business School what did you think that career path or that career route was going to be for you?
1: Well, so when I started off, I actually you know, prior prior to, to right after graduating from college, I, I was a journalist. I, I was writing about the New York City tech world in the late '90s when people were like, "Yeah, the internet's a fad. I don't think the internet's going to really last." Um, and so I was covering the the internet industry and. What it really taught me was how to ask questions, how to be interested in what's going on with other people and their businesses. And I ended up interviewing a CEO uh, at a company called Star Media. I was really interested. He offered me a job. So I jumped over to the operating side. But but that sort of curiosity and and ability to ask questions and ability to listen. I mean, you know, listening is the most important skill set that anyone can have in, in any kind of role especially in a sales role. And, and that's kind of counterintuitive in some ways, because you think you need to kind of sell right. and convince someone of your, your product or your vision, but really hearing what people are in need of and what their challenges are is, is critically important. So, you know, journalism was a great launching point. Um, and it's evolved since then, but I'm still listening. I'm still trying to ask a lot of good questions and understand what, you know, what people need and how we can be helpful.
0: No, I love it. And Jesse, you know, along those lines, you you talked about you're right out of there. You're a part of that that corporate development, that that sales end. And what were some key learnings early on, you know, in your career that really led you down the path of entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah, so so I I mean I was a, a venture. So after I got into the operating world, I joined the venture capital world for five years. I invested in businesses in the consumer technology and the enterprise technology space. Um, what, I, what I realized is that I really liked operating, right? And I think it's, it's you know, critical as an entrepreneur to really have a passion for for solving problems, building businesses and, you know, understanding what certain industries need. So the ability to be analytical and think about where there's gaps in the market, the venture capital world was great for that. What it didn't provide me personally was the opportunity to kind of, you know, have an idea, really, you know, evolve with it, see it grow, have a direct impact day to day. So you know, at one point I thought, hey, I, I want to be an investor and and that's it. But I, I sort of realized that that I like the idea of of you know solving problems and finding market niches that can be that can be uh in need of service, but but doing that from an operating perspective really was my fit. So I think trying on a bunch of different hats and, you know, not sort of, I mean, I think there's benefits to sticking with one thing and growing in that, but I also think there's benefit to trying different roles within an industry and finding kind of what fits you best and then using that in an entrepreneurial, you know, venture, because you got a lot of skill sets if you've done different, different things. You do product, you do sales. So I think, you know, being curious and trying different things is critical, especially early in a career. You know, I think it's, it's important to have a lot of perspectives and skill sets and, you know, don't, don't sort of lock yourself into one job and think that's going to be it forever.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Jesse Lawrence, CEO and co-founder of Fan IQ. Jesse, let's get into three hot topics. In question one, you've always been one that is clearly willing to take risks, knowing that they're very calculated risks, and you've also been on the very innovative side of things. What advice do you have for the listeners that may help them be more innovative and be willing to just put themselves out there more in that business environment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, people in the sports business world, there's a huge opportunity if you want to be innovative and entrepreneur or just innovative, you know, entrepreneur doesn't need to be entrepreneur starting your own company. You can be, you know, as you know, very entrepreneurial inside bigger companies. And I think, you know, using the network you have, the access you have to the way things are operating currently um, building a thesis around what might not be working in the way that you think it should be working, and then testing that thesis against colleagues at your company, out of your company. So you know, thinking about the sports business world as this sandbox where you know you're on the inside, you're 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 moving all the trucks around, you're playing with the the the, the tool set, and um, you've got a real opportunity to kind of understand it and ask questions. So I think. You know, not sort of you know thinking about gaps, obviously, but then making sure you're talking to different people in the industry to see if your perspective and your 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 thoughts on where gaps are match where their thoughts on gaps are. And I think if you have five or six people who say, "Yeah, that's a real issue," you know, that's something that we run into. Maybe that's an opportunity that you might you might want to explore if you can do it on on a company's dime to some degree. That's great. I think right. you know. You got a lot of resources to work with. You don't have yeah. to worry about, you know, paying rent and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think you know, ent- being entrepreneurial inside of a company in some ways, like I, you know, I I, uh, I, I did that at IAC when I was um, prior to to starting my own sort of standalone entrepreneurial career. I worked in a corporate development group that was starting businesses and buying businesses and. Um, it's a great way to uh, uh, you know build build that entrepreneurial skill set without all the risk because the risk sometimes you know can be a little bit hard to stomach if you know you're uh, uh, starting out and you got a lot of other things to to manage from from a you know lifestyle and and uh expense standpoint so hope that hope that's a good yeah no word. absolutely and I think one of the biggest things you
0: said there that that I loved was like if you see an issue that means there's an opportunity. And now you yeah. got to kind of take and, and run with it. Jesse, question two, as you think about all of the emerging technologies in the sports and entertainment space, and you're obviously a big part of that space right now, what are some key trends or one key trend that everyone in this business should be thinking about as it relates to technology?
1: Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, something that's technology adjacent, which is micro content. So it's technology because it's, it's what's on our phones. And that's ultimately technology. Technology is so pervasive these days, but it's back to what fan IQ does and and really being intentional about the kinds of content that you're creating and putting out to consumers and making sure you're matching that content to the consumers you want to attract right rather than saying hey we're going to we're going to publish and and promote ourselves with the same two videos to every consumer group out there being very intentional about creating content that really um speaks to those consumers. And I, I just think it's something that teams don't do enough of. And they're, you know, A, I was gonna say AI, but AI is like, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm sure everyone, everyone's talking about AI these Everyone things. talks about and, AI, yeah. You know, AI can be a great way to think about user segment segmentation and 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 how are you identifying lifestyle trends, lifestyle interests. So AI can support a lot of that content development. But um, yeah, I think I think micro content is my my trend of the day that I would, nice. I would advise. love it. And finally,
0: question three, you obviously have a passion for entrepreneurship and finding a way to really just simplify generating revenue. What's one piece of advice you'd give every listener if they're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur?
1: It's easy. Be open to failure. Uh, be, be, be willing to get back up, be able to get back up when you fail, because it's going to happen. It's going to happen more than once, probably. Okay. And if you're, Not someone who's comfortable with failure, don't do it. Yep. No, I love it. Jesse, great
0: career. Certainly love having you here. And as you think back, what's been your best memory?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, I'm a big baseball fan and a big Yankees fan. Um, We got we don't work with the Yankees anymore, but we did for a while. And I got a I got a nice big check from the Yankees. So it wasn't quite it wasn't quite, you know, my signing bonus. Yeah, I was going to say your signing bonus or your, you got it for being an all-star a couple of years in a row. No, not quite. But it was, you know, it was a beautiful check. It wasn't as big as I was hoping in terms of the physical size, but I, I've got that actually up on my wall and, and I look at it and even though we don't work with the Yankees anymore, um, it, it was a great moment and a great, op, you know, a great way to, to, you know, work with the team that I grew up rooting for.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Jesse, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey. To close it out, i like to put our guests on the Hustle Hot Seats. So you ready for this? I am. Let's do it. If you owned a boat, what would you name it?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go with Stagger Lee. It's a weird answer, but my middle name is Stag. Um, and I like The Grateful Dead, and they have a song called Stagger Lee. Not my favorite song, but... Um, uh, you know, the combination of the band and the name. I was going to say a uh, combo, combo platter there. Yeah, if you could exactly. have any actor play you in a movie, who would it be? I got to go Vince Vaughn. I'll, I've been told for a long time that I look like him. I, I I look like a slimmer, younger version of Vince. And maybe with if I had more hair, mm-hmm. uh, right. I'd probably look <laughs> like him even more. But yeah, so I'll go with Vince Vaughn. If you could bring back any clothing trend, what would it be? Oh,
0: Toga, 100%. Love it. To close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give
1: every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, I I think, you know, be persistent, be patient, kind of an odd combination because the two sometimes maybe seem to go against each other. And then the third one is just be yourself. I think you've got to be authentic in whatever you're doing. And if you're authentic and you're connecting with people in an authentic way and, you know, the things you're trying to to connect around are meaningful, you'll have success.
0: Jesse, thank you so much. What a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate it, bud. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.